Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Peter Dunning. Let me, let me, let me... There we go. We can get rid of that music. Sorry. Uh, Peter Dunning is a rugged uh, individualist to, in the extreme. Hard-drinking, loner, former artist who has burned his bridges with his wives, his children, and whose company, even on harsh winter's night, are sheep, cows, pigs, and he, as he tends to his Vermont farm. Peter is one of the most complicated and sympathetic documentaries. Well, I should say Peter and the farm are one of the most complicated and sympathetic documentary subjects you'll ever um, you'll ever see. And this is uh, Tony Stone, who did Severed Ways. He did uh, Out of Our Minds, I believe. I got that right, Tony. And yeah. and he's back here with us. He was here for Severed Ways. And if you remember him being on here, you are a true fan. That had to be 10 years ago, Severed Ways, right? Something like that? About nine. Nine yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, I'm so thrilled to have you back. And that is Tony Stone. Tony, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Well, I mean, I guess the obvious question. I, well, first of all, I want to say um, it, it's a it's remarkable documentary, and I'm really curious how you found uh, Peter Dunning. But tell me a little bit about the sort of progression of meeting him, and then the decision to move forward on a documentary about him. Um, well, I've actually I knew Peter since I was about nine years old. Uh, he was friends with my parents, but just through the Brattleboro Farmers Market. Uh, we never went to his farm. And then um, I eventually had uh, my own friendship with him, and we actually put him in our movie, Out of Our Minds. Uh, he actually did not make the cut. But, um, you know, exactly four years ago, we were at the market, and he invited us up to the farm finally. And uh, I've been imagining what that farm was for, you know, 20 years. And uh, we went up there and met with Peter and had the first tour of the farm. And uh, it was at that moment of just understanding if we could capture the essence of Peter and this world that was about to kind of collapse, um, you know, the farm was holding on by a thread, uh, you know, we'd have a pretty amazing film. And then he actually suggested the idea of making a documentary, but under darker circumstances that we document his suicide. Yes. Um, yes, yes. So that was more of a test and, you know, it kind of looms over the film, but uh, mm-hmm. we kind of came up with a more sort of serious focus approach uh, to avoid that. Um, and then as we knew Peter, we kind of knew that that was sort of the, the, the bluff that he'd been calling his mm-hmm. whole life. This film, in sort of relation to a lot of other documentaries where the, the filmmakers are obviously keeping a bit of an arm's length relationship to the subject, uh, that's not so much the case here in your film. Um, was that something that was just what made the made this film feasible for you, or was there something about him? Because he's a very charismatic man. He's a very intelligent, charismatic, interesting man. But you're, I mean, it's obvious that you're sort of, and I say involved is the wrong word, but you're certainly in in his life. Um, was that is that was that a conscious decision or it just felt like that was the right way to approach this film? Well, I mean, there was three or four of us on the farm and then just him. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of impossible to be, you know, a, a true fly on the wall. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's different moments, too. I mean, you see in the film where, you know, in the middle of the film, he's uh, it's it's the middle of the winter and, he, you know, he's despondent and, uh, 
you know, we kind of have to get involved because yeah. it's a point, moment where he's, you know, drinking rum in the middle of the night to keep the DTs away. You know, so we kind of cross the line and are talking, I guess, you know, rehab at that moment and, and getting very involved in his life. But, um, you know, part of the, the approach of the film was just to be with Peter, have a conversation uh, with him while we were there and him reciting us stories and not having it be any sort of sit-down uh, you know, no sit-down interviews, first of all, that wouldn't work with Peter, but learning about Peter through the process, right. through the land, and, you know, just through the cycles of farming. Mm-hmm. So um, there was overlap, and, you know, I think that overlap's natural, and there's information, and, it, you know, it is really informative in one way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of keeping it open. I mean, I think the way we started the film was to not sort of have any preconceived, you know, arc of what the organic farmer was. It was just to kind of open up and sort of show it in its raw form as, you know, things have kind of been... You know, the the idea of an organic farm has been sterilized. It's always sort of this bucolic idea, but it's actually really gritty, raw, and difficult. So, yes. um, you know, it was just kind of crossover, and Peter alone with no, you know, he's a family farm without a family, you know, to, to, to help. So we'd have to cross over and, you know, and help him with the chores and, and interact. And, you know, for us it was also, you know, learning experience to be able to spend entire, you know, go through the cycles of a farm throughout a whole year is just you know, incredible experience to just know the inner workings of it. Um, so, yeah, it was just sort of the naturalism of just being there, you know. Yeah. Um, so, Well, it makes, for a, it makes for an intimate film. Again, the portrait of him, this is extremely, uh, there's no uh, filter, there's no varnishing of his sort of his image. If uh, it is who he appears to be, and that is, you know, that's the beauty of uh, Peter and the Farm. Uh, it's, it's. Uh, now, well, let's step back a second here. Just, I mean, a little bit. Describe. Uh, so, Peter Dunning. It's he's it's Vermont. Am I correct? The the, yes. the farm is in Vermont. So, it describes sort of the the broad outlines of his of his the story of him and his farm and how that came to be. Well, he um, he was in. Uh, he was an orphan at age five, uh, and then at, in foster care for three years, and then adopted by a gentleman farmer, um, and then so spent his childhood on a gentleman farm, um, tending to Guernsey cows. Then uh, Peter did enter the Marines, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, after that he went to art school, and soon after that had a massive hand accident yes. that kind of uh, you know permanently. He lost three fingers and um, sort of affected that trajectory. Um, and then at age 34, he took over uh, this hilltop farm in Springfield, Vermont, um, and uh, with his second wife, and they had two children there. And, um, you know, he, he was at the Brattleboro Farmer's Market for over 25 years. Um, but like you say, Peter's a very enigmatic person, and he, um, yeah. you know, his, his I guess we're sort of uh, not mentioning the severe alcoholism, but that was definitely a driver and his perfection to the farm, and he sort of put his energy that he had in in his art into the farm in a way it's sort of his you know his 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 greatest work that he kind of can't see and can't hold on to and is you know uh you know is is in decay so um that's sort of the backdrop of his trajectory so you know in one way he's this very unique charismatic individual uh you know um but his story is totally universal. You know, I mean, it's not. It's very similar to any other, you know, issues. Uh, you know, dealing with rural America and the family farm. So, yeah. um, but you know, it's forty years of, of doing that, and how do you sustain it? How do you keep it going? It's it's very trying and also admirable. I mean, you know, the Sisyphusian nature of 
running a farm is something I'm just always in awe of. Um, yeah, it never stops. It yeah. never, not, there's, there's nothing about the, the situation in his life uh, as a farmer that gives him much of a break beyond being a farmer and, and, and watching that process. And you're absolutely right to watch him do the really the, the dirty work, the things that have to be done if you're going to run a farm like he has that have to be done. Uh, we see a lot of things that are, you know, kind of the sausage making, literally the sausage making of being a, being a farmer, and it is it's compelling stuff. It it really is. There there's a there's a sort of a a whiff of uh in the film and his sort of backstory of that of the era of the '60s and the sort of the the idealism that that sort of feels like that's a kind of the 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 soil that he came out of uh, it was that idea of this sort of idealistic version of what it is to be a farmer is that was that a is that a fair statement yeah he was a part of the back to the land movement right so yeah. mid 70s um uh you know he took over the farm yeah i think in 78 but had been working on other farms before that too so you know part of that movement and you know i think it's very interesting right now there's definitely a resurgence in farming and you know i live in upstate new york and there's a lot of you know uh People in their twenties starting farms, and there's you know friends of mine that are three, four years in, and you know it's just interesting using Peter as sort of a, you know, a, you know, just a, a bit of a warning. You know, <laughs> um, I mean, Peter has other demons that he's dealt with, but yeah. you know, just you know, the passion. You know, there's still a similarity between Peter and you know your your new farmer that's committed. Um, you know, and that is that is fully into it. You know, somebody that's four or five years in, but you know, it's trying to figure out how to make it sustainable so you don't end up with Pete like Peter. You know. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it, um, yeah. Well, it just it is what it is. I mean, I think this there, there was a time back in that era where it was it seemed very glamorous to go there and and raise crops and be back to the back to the land and be more in, in tune with nature. But <laughs> when you're up at four in the morning and it's the middle of winter and all the other things that happen and can happen and fixing the tractor and the fences and making sure the sheep are still in the pen and all of those kinds of things are it's sobering, but it's just what it is. And it's not this uh, sort of idyllic ideal that people have about being that. And uh, um, so... Now, I want to remind listeners, we're speaking with uh, Tony Stone. He's the director of the film Peter and the Farm. And it is so you can go to Magnolia Pictures for the website. And if you go to is that is that the I didn't find uh, a, uh, a standalone website for Peter and the Farm. It's a standalone website, but within MagnoliaPictures.com. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what well, I found. So I think it's MagnoliaPictures.com backslash Peter and the Farm. That's exactly right. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, it's in theaters. Uh, I believe it's here in Los Angeles. I, am I correct? It's at the Monica? Am, am I? Santa Monica yeah. Lemley, yeah. Lemley right now. You can see it. You don't happen to be anywhere near a Q&A in, in, in the L.A. area. No, but okay. I'm actually going to be in Brattleboro, Vermont, where uh, tonight okay. with Peter, um, oh. where uh, Peter was at the farmer's market. So it's kind of a big, important screening for him. Well, no kidding. Wow, yeah. that's, that's fantastic. So I, I, now, has he seen the film? He has. He's seen it a few times. Okay. He loves it. He, uh, yeah, he, he saw it a year ago and said, I love that effing movie. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's very objective. I mean, it, you know, it, while we're totally in it with him, you know, it, it shows Peter for who he is. I mean, yeah. it is well-balanced. I mean, it's not, you know, I guess we're saying it's, it's a very dark story, but it's also, you know, 
know, it, it celebrates him. You know, we yeah. do really care for him. There's a beauty and there's a darkness to it. You know, and um, you know, and that's that's life and death too. So it, it you know, it's it's um, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, the farm is a major component of it, and it's one of the most beautiful places I, I've spent time. So, you know, it's that contrast. You know, and it's um, yes. so it's the beauty kind of mixed with rage with Peter, and you know, it's you know, and it's. It's the fight against the world right now, too. You know, um, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues that Peter's dealing with. That is, you know, from globalization to everything else. You know, yeah. but it's just sort of the this sort of micro story that kind of explains the macro. You know. Yeah, and exactly. And I again, I so admire films like this, like Peter and the Farm, where the the exactly what you said the mic the micro explains the macro in some it begins to unpull it pulls the thread of what it is the macro the issues that we're dealing with in the world and and this sort of ramshackle property and the buildings and i mean they're in obviously in, they're in decline as is peter but at the same time there's a there is a sort of rugged beauty to him and your portrait of him and, and by the way it looks beautiful you did a great job just making in terms of filmmaking i just think it's it's a beautiful film to look at and he is such a compelling person. He's just so – when he's talking, uh, he speaks with a, a certain authority and uh, this kind of world-weary f- feeling you have of him that this is a, an authentic portrait of a man struggling with all the things in some manner of speaking that we will all deal with at some point in our lives. And um, it's a beautiful portrait. I, I'm, congratulations, Tony. I'm just curious, real quick, because I love Severed Ways. I'm just curious, is this filmed anywhere? Was this in the same area? I forgot where you filmed. Yeah, it was filmed in Vermont. It was about 40 uh, minutes away. and um, much looks like it. There is uh, Peter's animals actually make it into uh, Severed Ways. So Peter's chickens uh, were also in Severed Ways. Um, and there's a couple of similarities well, from in the processing night- to defecation. Oh, yes, <laughs> there is that as well. Uh, <laughs> and I, I will tell people if they ask, the greatest defecation scene in the history of film is in Severed Ways. Uh, so anyway, thank you. Uh, yes, I, I think yeah. that I, I think you can lay claim to that if you want. Yeah. Um, now, I wonder, as a filmmaker, nine years ago you released uh, a, a narrative film. But almost feels like a documentary. It did feel like a documentary in the in the way that the, the, the story unfolded. And now you here you are uh, nine years later with Peter and the Farm. What about that sort of the transition and and your growth as a filmmaker? How would you characterize that for yourself? Well, yeah, I guess people ask me that a lot. Uh, what's the you know what's the, how is it to make a documentary? Um, I guess in a way it's not that much different. I mean, you know, you're letting go of the control, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with terms of obviously your character, where things are going, but you know, this film is still visual storytelling. So I guess you know, Severed Ways was a very process-driven film. Um, you know, about Vikings in the year 1000 marauding around the Northeast. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was very physical. It was documenting them building forts and you know, chopping down trees, and you know, and so with Peter, it's a lot of process-driven stuff of of milking to. You know, uh, cutting up his his wood, and you know, um, so you know, wanting to tell it primarily with visuals. I mean, obviously, Peter's this amazing orator through the whole film, but it, you know, in a way, it's just sort of if you're kind of letting the visual information be the lead, it's not much. It's not much different. Um, you know, I think in a way, it's actually a great lesson for low budget filmmaking. You know, is 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 
making a documentary this way where, you know, low-budget filmmaking, you're always struggling to find, you know, amazing performances and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of stepped in it with Peter as this incredibly charismatic, um, you know, kind of King Lear type. Um, That's right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was very fun to, to cross over and kind of, you know, let go, um, but also just still wanting to approach the visual aspect of it very seriously. And I think maybe that's something that can be neglected in documentaries. And it's usually a sort of, you know, informative audio that's, you know, strung together with images and trying to get away from that, you know. And, you know, it's obviously dealing with the duality of Peter's crisis first, you know, the sort of beautiful physical world and, you know, and and understand Peter through the land. So we kind of had to really hit a certain level of of capturing the, the farm and the imagery. Well, you did a great job. Thank you. And uh, well, that um, unfortunately we just run out of time. I would um, I want to let people know again the film. You can find out more about the film at magnoliapictures.com backslash Peter in the Farm. And uh, you're good. Um, all the best tonight on the on the screening with uh, Peter Dunning um, and uh, continued success as a filmmaker. And please come back. Okay. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Tony. Tony okay. Stone, director. The film is called Peter in the Farm. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.